So, hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Salatcast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined as usual by Ollie Warner. Hi mate, how you doing? Just meet just the two of us this week? Yeah, it'd be nice just for us to sort of get a bit of a back to basics with two games to cover this week and uh, quite a lot of off the field news to talk about as well, but... Um, yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I think that the, the the good results this week and a bit of nice weather, it does certainly feel like spring has sprung now, doesn't it, Ollie? Yeah, spring has finally <laughs> turned up. Um, cutting the lawn, listening to the D three D four podcast, that was quite good oh, there you this go. afternoon. So no, yeah, always good listening to those guys and um, complimentary about Shrewsbury Town and they had a former. Um, well, actually, sorry, a Grimsby goalkeeper on there, and he was right. saying um, really positive things about Paul Hurst and Doigie, um, and saying, you know, you saying even players that he would have let go, we would have would talk highly of Hurst, and yeah, the, a lot of the platitudes we've heard um, quite regularly about Paul Hurst, don't we, about his man management? Yeah, no, I think that's fine. I think, I think if I was an ex Grimsby player or still a current Grimsby player, I'd talk up Paul Hurst, which I possibly could, because <laughs> you'd probably get bought by him at some point down the line. So there we go. But yeah, it, it's been a cracking week, hasn't it, Ollie? It's been a it has been a cracking week in context. I didn't feel that way on Tuesday night, but. We'll get on to that. No, we didn't, did it? But we were, you know, we'll come to it. We're a header away from almost having six points this week, which would have been mental, yeah. wouldn't it? But um, yeah, there we go. Let's let's delve into these two games because there's certainly lots of uh, interesting moments and goals to talk about. So uh, yeah, let's get into the match action. Morris to Wally on the right hand side, ball in towards the far post, towards Humphreys. Payne scores! He's done it again! Stefan Payne! So the first game this week, which was, uh, you know, slightly warmer than Scunthorpe away last weekend, was uh, a jolly down to Northampton on Tuesday night uh, for one of our sort of games in hand on, on Blackburn Rovers to try and catch a few points upon them. So, yeah, obviously it was uh, a 1-1 draw in the end with uh, in Northampton scoring on 45 minutes, which was a bit concerning, totally against the run of play. Um, we'll come to that. But then John Nolan bagging us an equaliser on 67 minutes to get the point. Um, but there was lots of other stuff that happened in between and, and afterwards as well in terms of red cards and other controversial moments we'll come to. So, yeah, it was 1-1. Um, the team that started was Henderson in goal, Hendry at right back, uh, still covering for Bolton, uh, Nassala Sadler and Beckles, the usual other three. Um, obviously, we changed in midfield. We had Bryn Morris sitting behind Nolan and a go-go. Uh, Wally and Rodman on the wings and Carlton Morris retaining his place up front so I say more more of a regular team again other than Henry and Morris wasn't it Ollie? Yeah no it was Yeah, and obviously Henry's played a few games in a row now yep. um, but yeah but um, and obviously Bryn Morris coming in is quite a um, yeah, I don't, I don't know the stats um, but yeah he's played quite a few games now hasn't he Bryn Morris in the last, this, so far this year Yeah he had a little run yeah, had a little run at the start, didn't he, of a fair few games, didn't he? I think maybe, obviously, he played when Agogo had his first suspension as well. Um, he's played in the checker trade games. He must have racked up at least maybe 20 starts. Maybe that's a bit over-optimistic. But I was reading something interesting in the press before this game and then before the game on Saturday, I think it was, actually, where he was talking about how he's had to sit there and he believes in his ability and, and he believes in the fact that he's good enough to have been a part of the team that's been winning all these games this season and getting us on the verge of promotion. So he was really, really keen to show what he could do in, in these in these times now where he's actually needed. Obviously, we'll come to the game on Saturday and what's, what that's, what's happened to him there. But it's just good to see that he actually backs himself to have been able to make the step up. Yep, definitely. And another good... another solid her signing um, yeah, yeah, it's been good. So, unfortunately, um, drawing meant that we didn't um, break a record. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. Yeah, but we're still unbeaten with six on the road, too, so that's still a good record to keep. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And, and it just keeps that, you know, as, as much as we would have wanted three points out of this, it does keep the sort of good run going that we've had, and, and, and a point back on Blackburn was, was decent enough in the end, but um, it would have been nice to have broken that record. I do feel like this is a team that deserved to have broke a few club records the way we played this season, so it was unfortunate yeah, they didn't grab that one, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, so from your perspective, so, yeah, you were standing to the kind of right of me. I was with um, Sam Morris, um, which I'll get to, come back to when we scored. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, what was your kind of, what was your take on the first 15, 20 minutes? It was not very good, was it? No. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, both games this week, I think, in some respects, you could say were both quite poor games. Um, yeah, in terms and, of performances, yeah. Yeah, not, not just performances, just the actual, you know, the game, if you were watching them as a neutral, yeah. I don't think either of them were particularly thrilling no. games. Um we were pretty poor from the start. I don't think we really got going. We we couldn't quite kind of fact, kind that find that passing range that we had sometimes, and maybe a lot of that's to do with you know another player coming into the midfield and trying to knit into that. Um, but we certainly didn't play to our level, did we? We we, no. we obviously were playing a team battling for them, battling for their lives, and it was more of a relegation battle than it was a a promotion battle. Yeah, I think I would say that they brought they brought us down to their level. Yeah, um, I yeah. thought it was quite the ball was often out of play. And there was a lot of hoofing. Um, there wasn't really any time on the ball, was there at all, um, to kind of us get their rhythm. And I guess kudos to them. They knew um, our strength, you know, is to 
pass a few balls around and kind of build some momentum. And they didn't let us do that, would they? No, I was impressed with their closing down, actually. I have to say, for a team down the bottom, they certainly couldn't fault their work effort for the whole game, Northampton's fans, I don't think. They particularly in that first 10 to 15 minutes, they really did like close us down. And I think it's obvious that we're the sort of team that likes to play football. And so if you can kind of hassle us and harry us and, and t- take us out of our stride, that's probably where teams we played this season have had the best joy, um, I think. And I think Northampton are taking a leaf out of some of the other teams that have done that. Um, obviously, yeah, it makes me think of the Berry game. It was very similar to that game, wasn't it? In the sense that almost a team going who are Shrewsbury they're not better than you go out there and prove them prove that prove yeah. that to your fans show them it did take us a while to get going I think as, as the half went on we certainly built up didn't we and got better as it went on um, and I think we did settle but yeah got that first 10 to 15 minutes was the, and, and I think you put on the agenda and I would totally agree with this that they weren't I don't think Northampton are a very good team um, no, they're not. You know, they worked hard and, and obviously they're battling for their lives and you always expect that from a, from a manager he's always going to want to go out in there and for them to work but I didn't think they had much quality and, and they overly relied on long balls and you know they were making just as many mistakes as we were in our sort of semi-rattled state so uh, you know frustrating that they weren't very good and we still couldn't beat them really but um, yeah yeah definitely I'll just make a comment on their work rate um, Paul Hurst made a comment in the post-match oh, um, saying you know if they worked that hard they wouldn't be in the trouble that they are yeah. it insinuates to me that they have not been working that hard for the majority of their games um, and find themselves in this position because yeah they haven't been working hard enough and I guess that's that is, um, yeah, testament, isn't it? To you know, you have to earn, you have to earn your victories. Um, it does, and I think part of the the Northampton performance sort of being improved from the weekend where they lost three nil was I went up to one of the pubs at the top of the hill and um, I went with one of my friend, my friend with John, who was on the podcast last week, and one of his friends, and we met another one of John's friends who he used to work with on a on a Sky TV shopping channel a long time ago, and he was a Northampton fan, and um, we were talking to him, and he was basically saying he feels like the manager basically must have picked the team out of a hat because it was completely random, and I, I can understand maybe why they had a little bit of an uplift in terms of their work ethic effort because potentially it was some lads that have been sitting on the sidelines waiting to get their chance or players that have been rotated out that had been coming back in so I think we kind of unfortunately felt the, the disbenefits of that in that you know they weren't playing the regular team that were just getting smashed 3-0 every week like we would have got under Mickey Mellon he sort of played the same team every week and you know you just had the same result it looks to me like the manager tried to freshen things up for Northampton and it got them a, a better result than they've been having recently so I suppose you've got to give the Northampton manager some credit for that Yeah it was definitely a, um, a kind of a bounce back after their 3-0 um, drop at home by Rotherham Um, um, so yeah it's unfortunate that we had to kind of get that backlash but yeah we um, so as we said it took a while to kind of get into the game but um, eventually we did have um, a chance Um, and Nolan put a really good cross in for for Rodman who had loads of time and headed it wide and that was a fantastic opportunity to um, to get a goal yeah it was wasn't it it was a bit unlike Rodman he's normally quite clinical isn't he actually but yeah um, yeah, good ball from Nolan and uh, yeah, yeah, there was a, there was another bit then where it looked like Henderson got injured, didn't it? Yeah, where, um, he did. I think sort of Wally played Henry into trouble, and I, I have a quick word on Henry. I was not overly impressed with his work rate for the whole night, really, particularly in that first half and particularly during that period. He looked very nervous and, and unsteady. Yeah, I would say his he? work rate was off. I think, but, he's no, just, but no. he'd. But I agree with you. He seemed nervous. He seemed a bit edgy, didn't he? Yeah, it was real strange. And, and yeah. you know, I, I've not really noticed that in him again. And I think you could say the same thing about him in the first half against Wimbledon as well, actually. But um, yeah, he's going to have to get that kicked out of the system pretty soon in this running because there's no, no time for nervousness with anyone really but um, he was involved in their best chance really wasn't he and um, yeah. it, well, one of their better chances where Wally sort of didn't play him in a particularly good ball and um, sort of got him in, got him into trouble they counted on us and then yeah it re- required Henderson to make a sort of like, flying save didn't it but I noticed it and you probably noticed it as well and when he went down he was hurt he was sort of yeah. touching his shoulder straight like away he'd, I thought he'd overstretched he tried yeah. so much to save it he'd almost like you know, a bit, yeah, he'd kind of almost overextended his arms and he landed quite in a lot of pain and he was constantly moving his shoulders, wasn't he, afterwards? Yeah, well, we'll wait as we go with injuries and stuff. I was figuring he probably <laughs> would have to go off, but um, yeah, there we go. He was going to miss, miss the next game anyway, wasn't he? So I was saying jokingly to the friend, my friends around me saying, oh, he's just trying to get out of the under 21 duty. He wants to he wants to keep playing for Shrewsbury, but <laughs> there we go. He still played anyway, didn't he, for the under 21? So he fair did. play to him. Oh, we won't talk about the, the Romania goal, will we? No, no, no. <laughs> did you see bad. the game? I haven't, I've, oh, I haven't seen it, but uh, Bex, I was, Bex told me about the first half. Yeah, I heard. I heard on the, on the grapevines that um, yeah he didn't play particularly yeah, well. Yeah. Um, it was one of those ones where there was a corner came in and he came for it and just made made a big mistake, sort yeah. of like he did during that little period after we played Blackburn and he had his little sort of rough patch. So as long as he gets it out the system playing for the under twenty ones, I don't really care. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> 
And then what happened next, Ollie? Yeah, so back to the Northampton game. So yeah, we kind of had some nice build-up play. And then, yeah, um, it was really probably the best bit of spell on the game, really. It was Hendry, Nolan, Wally all linking up really nicely. Um, and then Morris couldn't get onto it and it goes for a corner. So um, yeah, they're def- good defending from um, from Northampton. And mm. then, um, and then unfortunately, your man Beckles um, yeah. decides to... Um, let's say, slow down the goalkeeper and get booked. <laughs> yeah, he did a little bit. I mean, yeah, probably rightly booked as well, wasn't he? But no, he was pretty good all in all Beckles game, wasn't he? You couldn't really complain about his his overall performance levels. And, he, he you know, he the thing that we were always worried about, which was going to be his attacking play to get us drive, driving forward again. So, um, yeah, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was pretty good, to be fair. Yeah, no, no. I thought. Um, I thought he had a pretty decent game, but there was a silly yeah. booking. You know, if he'd looked up, Daft. he didn't need to kind of. I understand. You know, if it's in some ways it's a sensible yellow to get. I will come on to sensible yellows in the second <laughs> game. Um, but yeah, it was a bit silly, wasn't it? Um, it was a little. But then we had a, a. Then we had another great chance where Ogogo charged through, and Wally had a. Ch- Wally nearly had a chance, but a super recovering tackle from Northampton stopped him shooting on goal. Yeah. Um, which was so. Yeah. So we had quite a few chances here, didn't we? Had quite a bit of ball in their half, and then all. All of a sudden, um, the, the half is coming to end, um, and they make a, make an attack. So mm. Hendry gets done, doesn't he, near the halfway line? And Toto makes a soft tackle, doesn't really win the ball. Ends up with um, their number nine, uh, yeah. a French lad, I can't remember his name, Mateus or something like that. Um, he does some tricks and keeps um, Hendry moving, and then he kind of taps it to their winger who crosses in. And to be fair to Hendry, it was quite. It was, I don't think it was really possible for him to kind of cover the, the cross. No, he's been caught out of position by that point, and it was too hard for him to get back. Well, I th- I'll say he's in position but he got kind of yeah. overloaded I think maybe Wally yeah. should have helped him out a bit more there well, um, yeah. and then um, and then it was a good cross and a nice finish wasn't it it was just it was a good goal in, in to give credit where it's due it was and, and I think if we, you know it was the last real action of the half wasn't it I'll come to the goal in a minute I mean we talked about how bad we were in the first 15-20 minutes but you're right in that next 20 minute spell we had most of the good chances and, and probably more of the play then and so it was fair to say that that goal came against the run of play you know it definitely did at that point in time we really were pushing for the first goal so it was a real kick in the teeth to to, to let them score then and, and, and a bit worrying for the, the context of where the season was going but yeah your description of the goal was pretty fine I actually thought that Beckles might have done a little bit better he was pretty close to the guy that scored mm. he just got caught the wrong side of him didn't he and he was trying to tackle back rather than you know make a block as it would be so a um, couple of little errors here and there that sort of crept in for, for the goal and unfortunately it doesn't matter who you're playing at what level in this league you make a couple of little errors and, and 99% of the time someone's going to punish you aren't they so um, yeah we certainly were punished there because it did did really come against the runner play and it was pretty much just before half times, wasn't it? So right, actually went in, yeah. went in at half time. Um, actually, probably one thing we haven't mentioned by this point that um, the Shrewsbury Town fans were pretty epic. Brilliant, yeah, really, really supportive again, and, and didn't stop chanting the whole night. Yeah, actually, we should play down. that chanting now. So let's play the chanting. Um, I recorded at the ground. <laughs> So yeah, it was good the chant actually. It was it was nice to see we had um, busy down the front doing a, doing a dance to the chant in the whole time as well, which was hilarious. It just kind of for me, busy kind of just like <laughs> had a massive smile on his face and just happy. And for me, it was almost like the joy of this entire season. And he's a, such a passionate town fan; he must really be loving this season. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's it's fantastic, everyone, isn't it? But um, it's better than the idiot that runs up and down block seventeen and uh, eighteen and nineteen. Oh, someone <laughs> uh, I probably can't, I can't really repeat what the guy said, um, but some guy <laughs> shouted at him from block seventeen. You might have heard yeah, it. Yeah, I heard it, and everyone cheered. And everyone laughed and then he sat down. <laughs> he didn't come back, did he? Oh, there we go. But yeah, so that was it. It was really the, the last kick of the half and felt a bit hollow at half time, really, you know, feeling like, well, we're down and, we're, you know, we're making everything so much hard work for ourselves at the moment, aren't we? And, you know, I did feel at that point, regardless of the league and, this, and the situation we find ourselves in, I thought a point, you know, even even now would have been good. So I, really? I, I, yeah, I did actually. I knew that, I know they weren't very good, but, you know, we'd got ourselves into trouble and it's, it's almost impossible to keep digging yourself out of a hole going a goal down that often so True. Um, I guess you've gone I, to um, Scunny and you see so exactly that kind of context yeah. I didn't have that context actually so that's a good point I didn't think it happened twice in a week is what I'm yeah saying. exactly and I didn't I didn't have that context so I was just thinking they're a poor side we, we got a good chance of coming back into it so I guess I was oh, yeah, a bit more yeah. optimistic I didn't think we'd lose even then I didn't think we'd lose I thought that it was just a, another mountain for us to climb and we'd have a good go at it and, and I just felt like we might fall short of getting the second goal and as, as it turned out that's what happened so yeah. I, I wasn't too fussed about getting the point really because it did, did tighten everything up at the top but there was the second half to go and obviously this is where we we came back into it and I think one of the first things to sort of notice and and I was going to say about this game was 
the, the game sort of developed in a very interesting way in terms of what I thought the referee did. In the first half, he was very hands-off. He, he let lots of sort of spiky challenges go. He, he let literally every little foul and tackle go. He didn't give them soft free kicks to Wally and, and maybe Morris that sometimes they get. And, and the same for them as well. There was a couple of challenges down near our end that when they were attacking, they didn't get given. And so when a referee sets his stall out like that to let everything go, you kind of feel like it's, it's going to sort of continue like that through the whole game. To me, it didn't, Ollie. Like the referee was completely different in the second half and started giving free kicks for absolutely everything. And, and I think one of the problems was is that because he'd let so much go in the first half, there'd been a few naughty tackles. I think in the first half that really should have been pulled up. And there was there was an underlying sort of feeling of a bit of needle in the match, wasn't there? Yeah. Well, there was the game last season, wasn't there, when we went there, yeah. and they, they had two sent players off well. sent off, um, which is quite funny actually because. Um, I was, tweeted a couple of lads, um, Northampton fans, uh, and they were saying about Warley, and I was saying, well, last season, if you keep kicking him and hacking him like they did, um, yep. you're gonna get you're gonna get sent off. Um, and then yeah, our, um, yeah, we'll come to um, O'Toole in a minute, but um, mm. yeah, he took um, pain off. Didn't, sorry, brought pain on for Hendry. Went three yep. at the back and really went for it. But that was after um, Nolan and Warley had penalty claims. So what did you? What was your view of those two? Yeah, it's a very different view. I, I, I can't say anything other than I thought Nolan did a really bad dive. Yeah, uh, right I in front of us. Agree with I, that. It was embarrassing to see, and I don't like to see anyone do it, and I certainly don't like to see our players do it. And you know, Nolan obviously got that. What people were saying last week, we debated the penalty at Scunthorpe as to whether there was enough contact there for it to be a penalty. And you know, Scunthorpe fans will tell you, "Oh no, he's a diver," but he didn't really help that case by by diving yeah, in the box against dived, Northampton because yeah. it was really bad. And so I don't want to see any more of that from Nolan. Wally's was a typical Wally to me. He probably did get clicked enough to probably go down, but he doesn't help himself by making it look pretty theatrical. And also, obviously, Nolan had dived just previous, so the referee's obviously got that in his mind as well. So I think a build-up of things is why we didn't get the, the Wally one, but it certainly looked like it had more of a claim. Yeah, no, I thought it was it was more of a claim than Nolan's, but yes. I don't think it tipped over the line for a penalty for me. Watching no, okay. it back on, watching it back on, obviously, the, the goal, sorry, the camera, is where the manager was sitting, so it was obviously um, kind of um, behind where where we were, the opposite opposite side. And mm. from the opposite side, it really didn't look like one. Um, okay. So I can see why the um, ref didn't give one there. But it then, infuriated the town fans, didn't it? It did infuriate the town fan, and then we kind of went to another level of infuriation. Um, <laughs> where so how should we describe this? Because obviously, watching the game, I imagine like me, Glenn, you didn't really notice it until it, like it was all kicking off, like the yeah. at all action. You didn't see it at the start, but if we try and do it chronologically, basically. Ogogo is in the penalty area waiting for a cross. He, um, um, what's his name? John, John Joe O'Toole, O'Toole wherever he's got yeah. a, quite a, a long name, comes comes walking over, very kind of premeditated, grabs Ogogo in a headlock, and then like starts like pulling him across in this massive headlock. And then I don't know if you saw this, but he clearly whacks him in um, Ogogo in the face, punched him. Yeah, did you see that? Yeah. So where, where did where? So that was the first bit I spotted it because okay. John, who was behind me, said he just punched him in the face. I was still looking at the play because the play was over on the left hand side. So I was been watching it for like a good five seconds by then, and then no, to I clearly didn't. see the punch. And I genuinely, genuinely don't believe, and I don't. From what I saw, I never saw. And if Ogogo did punch him, I would say no, he punched him. But I genuinely don't think Ogogo punched him. I think Agogo got yeah. dragged down to the ground. But once they're on the ground, I can see why he got a red. Do you know what I mean? They're, it's difficult for the referee to but not send both off in that situation. You've got some guy who's six foot, who's taller than you, potentially stronger than you, who's holding on to you around your neck. You're yeah, not but Abs is on up. top. That's why it looks yeah, so bad. But, 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 but he's still holding him down. I, I don't yeah, I, yeah I, I agree. But the ref... I can understand why the ref hasn't seen every single bit of it. Yeah, but I don't think it's correct. No, well, it's harsh. It's very harsh. I, I can see why he sent both of them off because it's the easy choice as a referee, isn't it? To sort of neutralise the game and, and, and at least make sure that he's not, you know, missed. if he's missed something, then he's just evened out. Very harsh on a go-go. It did seem slightly premeditated, I would say that. You've no idea what went on last season or maybe even during that game between the two of them. They, it certainly they like kicking off a bit last season, if I remember right, as well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's there's some history there, and so it's it's an absolute bugger for us that it's happened. But the thing that worried me at the most watching it back today was um, all their their Northampton players are trying to defend um, O'Toole, saying he shouldn't get sent off. Now maybe that's just in the heat at the moment, but it just for me it just. It just stinks. This whole situation stinks. It's bad. Um, Jimmy yeah. Ford Hasselbank hasn't come out and said anything about it. No. Nope. Um, it just, for me, it just stinks a bit. It's 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 annoying. It's very annoying it's very considering annoying. who it is and how hard we need him and, and what we've got to do this season. Um, 
it's just a, an utter frustration that that we've missed Agogo because it, conceivably he's the, the the key player, isn't he? Considering the problems we've got in central midfield as well, that's yeah. sort of exacerbated that as well. Um, yeah, very harsh. Um, I can see why the referee's done it though, and and that's a slightly yeah. different sort of view of it, I suppose. And you can see why the club hasn't appealed as well because the footage is not clear enough, is it? There's no way you can appeal it, and then people are saying, oh, it's it's harsh, it's harsh, it should appeal it, but the, the video evidence of them both lying on the floor grabbing each other is enough for them both to have been red carded, regardless of everything else that went on, regardless of who started it the fact they were both on each other lying on the floor it's 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 misconduct isn't it yeah. it's you know it's it's foul and abusive play whatever and, you want to call it O'Toole only got three games as well because he hadn't been sent off this season which just yeah. makes it even more frustrating but but it's even more frustrating for a go-go considering he shouldn't have been sent off at Rotherham either no exactly do you remember yeah. that he did the little back heel flick in the corner went to put a sort of 50-50 challenge in and got a sent straight red for that I don't know if you remember so Very yeah mental mental so the referee can do one as far as I'm concerned and all of that I, I honestly think a lot of the, the tension and the, the needle was built up by the fact that he let too many sort of niggly challenges go straight away instead of getting to grips with and the then, game he and had lost he started, control of it and then he started being quite picky didn't he about tackles um, which then worked in our favour because there was one where um, well actually Wally had to get fouled about eight times by their left back before we finally got a free kick Yeah. Um, but he took the free kick it was cleared by uh, Toto put good pressure on the defender he did a really poor clearance and, yep. and Nolan just followed into the back of the net and smash and I've put on the agenda super strike scenes on the terrace oh it was ace yeah I me, I wasn't sitting um, standing next to Sam Morris and me and him were literally grabbing each other just like <laughs> screaming of like absolute sheer delight I don't think I've have celebrated a goal quite much as like as that um, at that moment because it was yeah it was a lot of tension by that point wasn't there because you were annoyed about the go-go you annoyed about the yeah. goal conceded you know we'd been a funny game but we had had chances um, and that just yeah it was just uh, yeah for me I don't know it felt like quite a special important moment that was a big moment a big moment in the season it, it certainly you know even regardless of what I said at half time once we got that goal he certainly would have backed us to go on and get the next one and win it and um, you know it came at an early enough time that there was still that chance wasn't there and yeah great finish um, yeah, I was grabbing my dad next to me, and we were going mad <laughs> as well. So, um, so that was fine. But um, I certainly think in, when you when you look back on the game, actually, the red cards, I think that actually helped us more than it helped Northampton yeah, it because did. them losing their centre back really unsettled. They didn't even them, whereas, cry after that, did they? No, they they they, they and losing a centre back unsettled them as well. Obviously, they rejigged things around. But us losing a go go, we just basically Nolan. Fair play to Nolan, and he'd been brilliant and really worked hard the whole game despite the goal. And also Bryn Morris, who'd been really good as well. They just put the work in for a go go. Basically, they worked their asses off, and so yeah, it didn't did. really unsettle the way we played the game, which was good. Yeah, no, they um they worked really hard, and um yeah, it just yeah we were just absolutely going for it at that point, weren't mm-hmm. we? And uh, yeah, yeah. we nearly did it. Your man, oh man, you'd have you'd have had a heart attack. I'd have gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> I would have gone mad, yeah. He almost had another one on Saturday as well. Yeah, uh, yeah he, he corner one, and then, um, yeah, just <laughs> headed it. And he, he got up with plenty of time. He should have headed it down, but I it know. just didn't. If I think if that had been a centimetre lower, it would have gone in. <sighs> it would have bounced mate, in. He'd oh, have been a legend mate. forever. If that, had, if that had gone in, uh, the roof would have come off. It would have. It would. It would have been a mess. Oh, but um, God, it, it wasn't to be. And, um, yeah, left with a, a sense of, oh, you know me, that I'm always... Um, I just feel that we're we're doing so well this season. Just another sense of disappointment leaving. But uh, Glenn, Glenn, it's quite it's quite funny actually. This season you seem to be role reserved. You have been the the more conservative <laughs> and the more sensible. And yeah, I think you're right. I think in the context of where we are, a point. Apparently, um, Northampton have done well against Blackburn as well. So um, yeah, and, and it's going to happen. You know, we we can talk about the rest of the teams and, and what's going on over the next few weeks. But there's no way that Wigan and Blackburn will win all their games. I'm just convinced of it. It's not yeah. going to happen. So yeah, so it set that set us up for Saturday. But it did obviously give us a problem, didn't it? And the discussion all week was about a go-go um, being missed and obviously what formation that we'd play. But um, before we kind of get to that, um, who? what was your um, top three? My top three, I went for uh, Sadler as man of the match. I was going to give it Nolan, um, but his dive annoyed me so much that I gave him second instead. So um, <laughs> I thought in terms of uh, an overall defensive performance again, and, and we should just say he did it, got one of those massive whacks on the head which cut him open and he had to have a headband on again. And, you know, for similar to, <clears throat> I can't remember what game it was earlier in the season where he had that and he was absolutely, fantastic I thought as a leader on the pitch again um, and just the overall defensive shape and solidity I never really felt like Northampton were going to score um, so it was just no, a case of whether weren't. we were going to get enough goals I know they did they did score <laughs> but, but that was did. the only chance they had in the entire yeah. game Pretty much, wasn't it? So I thought Sadler was fantastic. I think you've you've gone you've gone high for Nolan as well. I thought he was brilliant as well. The goal was good, but his overall play in midfield, particularly after we had the man off and he had to work even harder, was fantastic. So yeah, just a, a normal Nolan performance really. And I went for Bryn Morris coming in. I thought he was really good for third place. Um, dovetailed with the go-go and Nolan really well actually. I thought so. Um, yeah, that was my top three. Yeah, I really struggled. I don't think anyone. I think apart from Nolan, 
and Morris, and yes, that had quite a good game. I think Nola and Morris, um, Bryn Morris, really stood out. And I really struggled for a number three. And I just kind of went for Henderson for that one save yeah. he did because it was so such a fantastic save. That just one moment um, I thought was really key. Um, and, he was good overall. And he was good Henderson overall. Well. His distribution was quite good. Um, and he was, you know, he was, you know, he allowed us to play back you know, three at the back and really push on um, by covering. So, yeah, I thought he deserved that. Um, Mom. My only other comment about players, really, other than we've talked about, we've talked about most of them, really. I thought that the wingers we've, it was one of those games where we'd never really got them in the game, wasn't it? And no. um, I, I think it's very similar to what happened against uh, Wimbledon on Saturday, which we'll come to now. So I, I have not been overly impressed with the wingers this week. No. So just quickly on what did Hurst have to say? Um, he said it has to be realistic to win five away games in a row and to get a draw is still good and still be unbeaten. Um, they had a reaction after losing on Saturday. Very frantic game, good atmosphere and breakneck speed. It was, wasn't it? As we said, uh, yeah, yeah. the goal for half time is it difficult. But Nolan scored a goal. Um, he said we need to stop making life difficult for ourselves. And that comes back to your, your point about conceding all the time. Uh, so it was obviously good to get a clean sheet on Saturday. And he said, watched it back. It's hard to see. All I can say is a, um, a tool made contact and we're letting go. So interestingly, um, I was looking. I was keeping an eye on the internet during the week, and um, the Northampton newspapers and, and press had picked up on her. You know, mention about a tool, but their newspapers mm. are very kind of biased. Was that? I thought it was quite yeah. odd, but yeah. but not that surprising, obviously, for their target audience. Um, so that gave um, us a bit of a headache, didn't it? And we kind of went into Saturday. I, sh- I should just say, Ollie, before we go on to the next game, I had a massive headache getting out. I don't know about you, because uh, no, everyone got to right. the M1. The M1 was shut all the way up to the M6, and then everyone sort of got up to, uh, I think, the M the M6, where there was delays on the M6, then the M54 was shut, she got on it, and oh, just what a nightmare. Three three sets of diversions there were. So a normal sort of quick nighttime journey home on an empty motorway ended up taking us two hours. So uh, that's I wasn't good. pleased with that. Mine wasn't yeah, too bad. My um, I got onto the M6 after they were starting to close the roads when I got there. And no. then um, by the because I always park on that car park right near the um, the ground where you can get away quite quickly. And then yeah, it took this my the Waze app took me on the um, the M42 under the, underneath Birmingham. Um, so yeah. I thought it was a bit odd for you to take it that way, but I just trusted it. And yeah, obviously, well, it worked you well did better than us. What a nightmare! Me dad fell asleep after ten minutes, so he didn't mind. He wasn't driving, though, was he? <laughs> no, no, I'm always driving. Cool. <clears throat> Much to his chagrin, but there we go. So there we go. We did all get home eventually and yeah. caught up our sleep, and then yeah, Saturday. So Saturday went into it. Obviously, the big debate all week was what formation we play, how we get on. Um, there was a big debate between whether we play three-four-three, three, um, wing yeah. backs, and three at the back. Um, obviously, we've got a lot of, lot of good. Our strength in depth at the moment is definitely in central defence, um, mm-hmm. or whether we'd go four-four-two. Yeah, the, the decision at the end um, that Hurst went for was we played four. Four two. So we played uh, McGillivray in goal, obviously with Henderson, Henderson away with the under twenty ones. Um, same back four again. So Hendry Nasala, Sadler, Beckles, midfield four: Wally, Nolan, Morris, and Rodman. And then we played Morris um, and Payne up front. Um, so what yeah. did you think of that, Glenn? I, I think we. I've been part of the debate, and we've been talking about it all week. And I wanted us to play four four two. I thought. Playing a Wimbledon team who've not had a great season at home, considering where we are in the league, I wanted us to, you know, I, I always feel like two strikers gives you much more chance of scoring, you know, uh, to, <laughs> even if they haven't scored all that many goals this season. So I wanted to see us play 4 4 2, so I was quite happy with that. I'll leave my judgment to get to the end of the first half. <laughs> um, no, I'm not saying it works. No, but I can understand your sentiment in terms of it definitely having two strikers definitely makes it. Um, it makes it harder for the defence, doesn't it? Because when you cross that ball or that ball is bouncing around in the other in the final third, having that extra man is visibly yeah more threatening and yeah, you do get those chances. But the trouble is you've got to get that ball there in the first place. Yep, um, yep. But um yeah, I'd say um so how did the game start? So it didn't start great, was it? As you said already, it wasn't the most entertaining <laughs> game and given given we were um of being broadcast around the world, it wasn't the greatest um entertainment um, factor. I, 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 d- I don't think there's very much to say about the first half at all. I, mean, I thought it was a terrible <laughs> Terrible game of football in the first half. Really boring. Hardly anything to look at going on, really. There was a couple of moments you'll briefly talk about now. Yeah. But I honestly think you can move past the first half. The 4-4-2, uh, for me, like people will say, the 4-4-2, oh, it didn't really work. The mid- I don't think we got... The midfield wasn't the problem, the central midfield. I, I don't think we got outplayed in the midfield. They might have had an extra man, however. But it was the wingers. The wingers were not in the... Worse than even at, at, at um, the game on the, on the Tuesday night. Just couldn't get him in the game at all, and, and I know that's probably part of the shape as well. But it, everyone thought it would be the midfield that lets us, the central midfield that lets us down in a four-four-two. For me, it wasn't. It was. It was. It was out wide. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting because well, it's interesting you said that because the best chance did come from from Rodman when he had that shot, and then Payne um, just basically really mishit it. Um, that was never a pen. But you're right. The first half <laughs> that was, was a bad miss. I thought. Yeah, it was a bad miss. Yeah, it was a bad miss. He was kind of running at it at a funny angle. Um, mm. and yeah, but then there was also McGillivray had made a good save with his feet um, yep. from that big. Trotter, Ranney's a big lad um, playing central midfield and the big number 14. Um, but yeah, it was poor. And 
I tweeted at half time, kind of, you know, for me, this was, if you ever needed an example of why 442 was outdated and one dimensional, this was the game. And there was just, for me, one of the tra- one of the, the benefits and the strength of our formation we've been playing all season is you always have the extra man in the middle. So you can play mm. triangles and get the ball moving. And the ball wasn't sticking up front. You're totally right. The wingers were completely, um, you know, not coming for the ball and not getting involved. And for me, Nolan and um, Bryn Morris just had s- too much space to try and cover and play. Um, and then even having two strikers, neither of them were holding the ball up very well, were we? They didn't play very well in no. the first half, either of the strikers. Maybe Morris was probably the better of the two. Payne was pretty pretty off it, just getting back into the game, I thought. but Lack of yeah, options, was... lack of options, wasn't there, in possession, which made it very frustrating and, yeah, quite yeah. a boring half. It is funny when you talk about our, our tactic works brilliantly, you know, but built on an incredibly good defence. Yeah. But we still don't score very many, you know. No. I, I still think over the course of a season, if you played four four two, you'd probably concede more, but you'd probably score more than we've scored this season. Mm, I'm not sure. Honesty. I'm not sure. We I think we concede a lot more playing four four two. I think we just get overrun. Um, yeah. But yeah, but you probably would score more. Is what I'm saying. It is. A, it, that's why I feel like it's a slightly more attacking option in a weird way, but. There's there's a time and a place for it all, and and as much as I thought it would have been a good tactic to use in this in this game, it, it was it was a, we got away with it in some respects, yeah. and it, we're, I think that we're not used to playing it anymore. You know, we played it under Hurst when he first came in every week, week in week out. We got good at doing four four two, and it and it got us more results than than we were getting before. And and obviously at the start of the season we've started playing a new tactic, which has worked even better, and I, and we've kind of lost the ability to play four four two. I just I just think we we really really struggled to get the wingers in there, and it's strange we had two strikers, and and the amount of times we actually got across into the box was almost nil in the first half. Yeah, no, no, you're right. And but I guess the I guess the difference and kind of then in defence of the four four two is the second half we played so much better. But I'd say that I think Wimbledon kind of gave us that chance though because in the first half, um, as soon as Nolan and uh, um, Nolan and Bryn Morris got the ball over the halfway line, we had no options at all. But the second no. half they sat so deep that that combined with we played with a lot more tempo and the movement from town was, you know, it really stepped up a gear and all of a yeah. sudden um, the two midfielders had options and obviously Beckles then got more involved in the game, didn't we? And also then, quite crucially, um, Hendry on the right started getting involved in the game and started putting yeah. a few crosses yeah. in. Yeah, because Hendry had been one of the poor players in the first yeah, half, but I think his, his second half crossing and it was was much better actually. He still wasn't overly convincing at the back every time they went forward. He was sometimes a bit a bit panicked and hurried, but um, going forward he was much better actually. I think that the, 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 I think you're right, they did sit back a little bit, but I I think we'd, we'd had 45 minutes at 4-4-2 and, and I think that had helped us figure a few things out as yeah. well. Once Hurst had got them back in, he could say, look, these were the things you were doing right in that position or in that tactic and these were the things we weren't doing right. And I think maybe a combination of all those things um, potentially helped. I also think another thing that helped in the second half was Payne worked a lot harder um, and he started dropping into gaps um, and, and being that option, which he wasn't in the first half. Yeah, definitely. And also interesting that Hurst was actually... Um, up in the press area again, um, watching obviously. So he was obviously watching how we played, and yeah, I imagine um, he um, you know gave the players some advice at half time, and yeah, that obviously then contributed to a better forward mm. second half. Not amazing performance, I'd say. It was not like Bristol was at home or something, but um, yeah, it was a bit better. And yeah, we had basically just that the threat came from Hendry, didn't it? So he had that one yeah. where he got the ball in, crossed it in, um, and then um, he flicked it, painted this really nice flick, um, and the Morris um, shot was saved by the keeper. Yeah. Um, and then we had that great run by Beckles. What a run that was. <laughs> He's amazing, isn't he? Yeah. Fair play to him. When he gets going, he did he did some little chops and little stepovers and stuff again on Saturday, which is, you know, why I love him. And um, yeah, he, he is box office to watch sometimes when he gets going like that. But he, he does actually provide a real drive when he gets going, because the whole team go with him. Do you know what I mean? It's quite yeah. a sort of, it's sort of charge of the light brigade type stuff. And um yeah, that was a good move. That actually, nice little bit as a one twos, and he's he's got a good touch for a big man, and and so's uh, you know Morris and Rodman who are all involved in it, and um, yeah, Morris headed wide. I, it was a good chance that should yeah. have done much better. Yeah, it was yeah. a really good one, um, and then again, um, and then again, build up on the left. So again, Beckles was involved. Build up on the left, and this is where for me where um, Wimbledon just I think they made a fatal error. So they sat really deep, and that's then and then the goal was basically directly contributing from that. So basically, Nolan got the ball, played to Hendry, um, and then we both noted this in, in time didn't we we were talking about this um, after the game that um, Wally made a super run didn't he and took, took two of their players yeah. out yeah he wasn't overly impressive again Wally in the game I don't think and um, even my mum admitted that today when I went round to her house <laughs> she was like he didn't have the best game um, but he's still my favourite she said um, but yeah it's things like that do make him worth persisting with because he really opened up all the space that Hendry needed to really pick across and um, actually he did that a few times in the yeah. second half to be fair he wasn't as, as dynamic going forward he couldn't really beat a man it was one of those games where he was really struggling to get past the guy that was marking him but you know involved in, in some of the good moves and particularly well for the goal um, yeah yeah it was a good one so good cross um, Payne missed it and then then oddly bit of <laughs> luck um, hit Payne, um, hit Morris 
almost um, basically almost on these legs. It came back down to pain, and I called it um, a sweet, scrappy finish. Um, sweet yeah. in the fact that it hit the back of the net. Oh, I haven't seen the replay back, so I'm not quite sure how street sweet or unsweet he struck it, but it went in, and I just yeah, it was a bit of a so. scramble. Um, <laughs> it was really close. Their defenders, their their right back, nearly really got to it. Um, but yeah, mm. he just smashed into the back of the net, and um, it's funny because he missed a really good chance just before that. Oh, one, the the header. Header, he? that was even better that chance, and um, you do wonder sometimes when he misses those chances whether he, he'll go in on himself. But one thing, I've, he, I don't think he really has done that this season. He's always just reset himself and he's been back ready for the next chance that'll come along. And when he was in that good run of form at the start of the season, that's what he did. And then it was so it was nice to see him get a goal having had having missed a sitter basically yeah definitely I think Paul Hurst is trying to take credit for the for the yeah, mental management yeah he told Painters to focus on the next one and then he scored so that was brilliant and then that was the end of the real good stuff for us wasn't it it's got slightly more <laughs> problematic as the game went on with the bookings and red cards didn't yeah it? so they had a good a good counter-attack by Town um, at Wally Cross uh, but couldn't find anyone then Wimbledon counter-attacked and um, Blind Morris um, pulled back the player and it was a classic yep. yellow um, no yeah, real arguments yeah. about that nope no, it, was a it was about that time where I think near this time as well when Beckles got booked. Yep. Um, I thought that was harsh. I thought I thought it was definitely a yellow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember you you said that on Twitter to me straight away. But I don't know. It's it was one of those ones where it was fifty fifty. Bit clumsy, yeah. and yeah, the referee started giving a lot of yellows then. And and Hurst mentions this um, in his post match that all of us in every single challenge now seem to be a yellow. Yeah, it was another one of these refs that completely changed the way he was refereeing the game. Mad, mad again, like like you know, like in the on the Tuesday night game as well. It was Darren Drysdale, wasn't it? I'm not sure we've got a particular good record with Darren Drysdale to be honest with you it strikes me that he's always been pretty rubbish refereeing us no so talking of refereeing um, a bit of a uh, yeah a bit of clumsy uh, play by um, Bim Morris in the middle of the pitch and gets himself sent <sighs> off and I don't know what, what's your view Glenn of this again I haven't watched the replay of this game back today because obviously I was there yesterday uh, you know it, it looks like he's fouled the guy whether it's a book it's definitely a foul I don't yeah, think anyone's going to disagree with that whether it's another booking or not, you, you'd like the referee to have a little element of discretion when someone's on, on a booking already. Um, but on the flip side, you didn't have to make that tackle. No. We really didn't. And in in real time, I thought it was clumsy and a yellow. Uh, mm. Only just a yellow, if that's if there's such a thing. Um, watching it back, I think it was a yellow because there was no he made no attempt to win the ball. No. Um, he just kind of stuck his leg out and, and, and basically stopped, him, stopped the guy moving. Um, so while... Um, Hurst didn't think it was a yellow, nor did the Wimbledon staff. Um, I can yeah, see why that, the referee yeah. sent him off. So that's just disappointing. It's one of those ones of why give the referee the choice. Exactly. To Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It's, we've had a lot of those over the years, haven't we? And, and if it had been El Ab last season doing that, we'd have been like, "What a moron! Why has he done that?" So maybe you've got to consider that you know that if that reaction's fair for El Ab last season away at Berry, then it's probably fair for Bryn Morris. Slightly different tackles, but um, certainly. Why give the referee the why, why give the referee the option? And frustrating for Bryn because he'd been good on Tuesday yeah. and he'd pretty much been good all game against Wimbledon, and he's now got to sit out again when we need him the most, and it really puts us in the crap for central midfield as well. And we'll come to talk about that in a bit, but yeah, not ideal end to the game. Really, no. we could have done without that. No, not ideal. And it's funny. So um, as I often do on a Sunday, I often um, post the XG stats of the game, um, and both us and Wimbledon had equals number, which I thought was a bit harsh. Um, so I ended up yeah. having ended up having a bit of discussion with. Um, so Ben Mayhew, who works at, who's the head of data analysis, data analysis at um, the Press Association, um, and then also right. a guy called Mally, uh, Ali Maxwell. Have you heard of the um, Not the Top Twenty podcast? Which yeah, is a, you mentioned it yeah, before. Yeah, it's I a really good it. podcast. Um, so those guys were chatting, and they were saying basically his position meant that the, yeah the score was low. But I don't know. I just felt like that was a bit harsh, and I thought we'd had a lot more chances than Wimbledon. But um, obviously, we got the most important stat in terms of we got the goal. Yeah, which is why I'm starting to just dis- disregard the XG because essentially we never have a high XG. We'd we never. never- have a, no, but we never have actually and we always many, win but so then, what's the point worrying about but it but we never have make, create many chances do we we're just efficient no. um, but what does that mean though so what does the win mean so there's some good so talking of stats there's a great stat so yeah up to Joe um, put a stat out and I think it was also announced um, broadcast on the TV as well because quite a few people chatting about it so basically yeah. town, town now have won 23 games in League One this season and we've never um, won more than we've never won as many games um, after 38 games in a season before amazing so that is, just amazing. shows how phenomenal our team this 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 team is and this season yep. is and now we're top of the league which is just absolutely 
unbelievable and just fantastic, isn't it? It it was a great feeling to finish top again and just to, to really put the pressure back on the other the other two teams for a couple of days, just for us to sort of crow about I'm it. I'm sure again. we upset a lot of people in the northwest as well, which I just think yes, which is brilliant. We always are, but just you know, when we got knocked off top a couple of weeks ago, what was it, three four weeks ago? People must have thought then we're probably not going to get back on top, no. are we now? And just the way that the cold weather's fallen and and international games having other games getting called off. It's just fallen nicely for us, and just just to sit here now on you know the twenty fifth of March with our team with eight games to go, sitting top of League One, it is actually uh, unbelievable. How many times we said this season? You know, it is still unbelievable, it, and it, it's still absolutely buzzing to be a be a fan of the t- club at the moment. Yeah, exactly. But going back to busy <laughs> dancing, that's how I feel all the time. It's just yeah, absolutely phenomenal season. And yeah, um, talking of um, yeah, so um, top three, Glenn. Who's let's, let's bounce through those. Yeah, we should just say at the end of the game we closed out really well again. I thought bringing Big yeah, John on did. again, and um, you know, again we've been saying that all season. Real credit for the way that we shut the game out, actually. So um, there we go. That was it. I say everyone went mad. I thought top John, and, I wanted um, to see Sam Jones on, you know, just to see him and give him. Give him he's going to play next week, potentially. Well, we'll come on to that, won't we? And so let's come on to that yeah. silent news. But yeah, do you want to top three? Yes, I went for Sadler again. I, I, again, I just in, in these circumstances where we've got these really tight, nervy games where you know one goal is is the difference. You've got to have your defence playing well. And a bit harsh. Uh, I thought defensively, all the best players were the defenders actually. And um, I know you probably don't agree with that. So yeah, I went for Sadler man of the match. I went for Beckles second man of the match because I thought he was fantastic. And, and gave us some drive going forward and I went for Toto third I just think that we've given the midfield players and some of the strikers a lot of credit this season but you know everything about this team is built on a rock solid defence so I felt like this was a nice time to represent how good that defence has been so I gave all, all three of them in the top three yep cool so I went for Nolan first I thought he, he was class again I went for Toto second mostly just because of that super long ball pass he did to Rodders oh that was amazing it was just absolutely <laughs> a bullet and like like centimeter perfect. It was like a, some kind of tomahawk missile. It was just like right Exocet. to his foot. Yeah, it was absolutely immense. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really fun. special. Um, and I went for Beckles third because um, yeah, again he had a good game going forward, um, and again he was a threat from set pieces. Again, um, he's definitely going to score. He's got to score another set piece, isn't he? Well, at least one or two before the end of the season because he seems to be getting on the end of everything at the moment. If we clinch promotion, like it's just a quick question for you: Which player do you hope it is that scores the goal that clinches promotion? Um, a go-go maybe or 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 someone yeah or maybe like junior brown or something like that that'd be amazing if he came back but um yeah i think uh, you want beckles yeah so you could you just run on them if he scored there'd have to be some strong stewards or a couple of stewards (laughs) to hold you back because you'll just be on that picture and you i'll be there at blackpool in my hawaiian shirt running up to give him a big cuddle There we go. All right, cool stuff. What did Hurst have to say? Um, so let's just before we do, let's just go just we do a few um, three three words uh, match reports. So Abe Plimmer went for tense, tense, tense. Anthony Lamb went eyes on Rochdale, and basically, yeah. And the Wayne Burrows went for dead man poor. Um, squeaky bum time for Mark Roberts. Someone said where what are the fans? Dead man poor. Yeah. It wasn't Darren Deadman. I it don't. was Darren Drysdale. I know he's got the wrong ref. I know. I'm only <laughs> repeating what he said. And then some one guy <laughs> called Sean Pusser said, "Where where was the fans? I thought the fans were pretty decent. Uh, maybe like the numbers, but I'd say that." Gate 14 wasn't scanning any, so I bet there was quite a few hundred missing from that. Yeah, the fans were good, and, and I think, I, I don't know if you put it in your notes about what Hurst said, he said that he thought the fans were better than the team yeah, were in the did. first half, which was a very good comment, but um, but yeah, it was a crap attendance again, really, and, and yeah, it's not it's it's not great. We should be getting over 7,000. You'd hope, now. wouldn't you? You'd hope. But Wimbledon obviously bring many, but, um, no. but anyhow. Um, so yeah, he was playing another clean sheet. Um, I think it just come from an interview on TV where they gave him a, quite a, a scathing intro and he couldn't, yeah, he had to agree <laughs> the game was a bit poor. Um, but I said a lot of credit to the players. He said, you know, he said tentative first half, it wasn't very free-flowing. He said overall we saw the game out. Um, and then the interesting bit really is, yeah, you've already said the bit about the fans, but the other interesting bit was he said that, we, you know, he's going to have to think of a new system with only sent one centre midfielder. God, yeah. yeah. What, I don't know what that system is. No, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll come on to that. What is he? No, well, actually, maybe we'll talk about that in a second because um, he also said um, BBC Structure asked him whether Godfrey was fit, and he's kind of stalled the answer. He took a bit of time, so I don't know. Let's have that debate now. What are we going to do? Like, yeah, what, well, yeah. So we, we asked for some questions before the podcast, didn't we? And we had one from uh, Nikki Fred two one five on Twitter who asked, "What the heck? Well, who the heck is going to play central midfield versus Rochdale?" Well, Nolan's definitely going to play. <laughs> exactly, and, and who knows? I mean, to me, it's probably going to be Jones or Nathan Thomas. Maybe could or do Henry. a job there, but. They ain't they ain't defensive. I mean, Henry might play there, but who plays right back? I don't think Joe Riley's probably going to be in the right frame of mind. No, Bolton's injured. Play Beckles right back maybe, and then play oh, low I wouldn't have back. that. 
No, he's not a right back. But he's not a left back either. <laughs> I know, exactly. I don't know. I, I, it's a, how much do you want to unsettle a team just for one injury? But central mid is so key, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's tough, isn't it? But I would like to just... The defence looked all right on Saturday in general. I'd like to keep those four the same. I can, bit, see, that. And I can just, see the merits in that, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then just, just try and put a, a round peg in a square hole somewhere and hope it pays off, to be honest with you. And yeah, I think that... Nolan's going to have to play the shield, the defensive midfielder position. He's not going to be able to get forward. And if that's the case, then you have got an argument for playing Nathan Thomas or um, or potentially Sam Jones in a, in a more attacking role in the central midfield. But who knows whether they could do that job or not. That's what I would like to see. But we might not do that. We might play a completely different tactic. But either way, you're still going to need two central midfielders in whatever tactic you play. Yeah, I'm not sh- I think I think we'll probably play 3-4-3. Three, three. Maybe play Beckel, Sadler and Totes um, in defence. Maybe play um, Wally right wing back or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then play um, Hendry in the middle with Nolan. And then, yeah, obviously then you can obviously then kind of crowd the midfield area out. But, you know, another interesting, obviously, Rochdale spent money on a pitch, didn't they? Yeah, they have. So at least we're going to play football. But, um... but we haven't got <laughs> as many central midfielders to, to play that football. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how we play. And, yeah, to your point, um, you said um, throughout the pod, we really need the wingers to perform this week. We do. We could do with them stepping. Up. And the whole Hendry thing playing in central midfield, I wouldn't be so worried about that if he hadn't been quite as you know poor at poor at parts of the last two games. If he was playing well, then I'd probably think, oh, actually, he could step up there. But you've seen what Ben Godfrey's like when he moves from one position to the other. He's never overly convincing a right back, and so you know he'd have to go a long bloody way, uh, Hendry, to have a good game in central midfield and, and and for us to get through this game. Mm. So whoever you play there, it's a massive risk, isn't it? Now, unfortunately, and I did you know you were right to bring into this thing you were talking about Godfrey and whether he'll play or not on on. Um, in that game, and, and Hurst basically said, well, he, the plan is no, but there's a potential we might be fit, basically, is what he said, isn't it? And he won't be fit. I, I can't imagine we'll play him, but well, yeah, I, it'd be nice if he miraculously did recover. He stalled. When he gave the answer, he really stalled. And he obviously knows that the other management team do listen to what mm, he's saying. So listen. I wouldn't be surprised if Godfrey starts. Just have this... Needs must. Yeah, needs, needs must. must a bit. And I don't think he'll play the full game, Um but I wouldn't be surprised if we played, yeah, like a four-four-two or four-one-one because we played four-four-two um, um, with the shop and pain um, in one of the early rounds of the checker trade, and um, pain yeah. really played as a number ten, and that was quite okay. effective because um, he played as a number ten, but then really pushed on. So in defence, he was kind of where Nolan often plays, but um, obviously he's, hasn't got the same kind of creativity as Nolan. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, and it's obviously one for the fans to debate um, is, and up to Friday. Um, but we've got a few days, haven't we, to try and work on something at the training ground? We have. It's one of the more tricky conundrums that Paul Hurst has had to figure out, but considering he's figured pretty much everything out and been perfect at it, who's to bet that he won't find some maverick way of getting us through this? And um, you can only do, you can only trust the man, can't you? So yeah. there we go. So that sums up the two games this week. It's been a busy week, but um, we'll move on to sign-up news now. Shrewsbury were level by the break. Austin Barkley with the final touch from Lee Steele's fierce cross. Okay, so sign-up news. Uh, we asked for a few questions this week, and um, we had uh, three or four of them. Some we're going to answer in different podcasts, aren't we, about transfers and bits and pieces, because we got the whole summer to talk about transfers, so <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to shoot our bolt on that straight away. But um, yeah, one of the interesting questions we had, was, which would have been a discussion point in sign-up news, was um, from Salup Jack on Twitter, um, saying, "Are you going to have a discussion on the Blackpool tickets?" Which is which is an interesting discussion point because um, obviously the club have announced, um, I think it was the day before yesterday, wasn't it, that we're only going to get two thousand two hundred tickets for Blackpool. Yep. Um, they're going to sell them one-on-one ratio for season ticket holders and the 26 town fans who are not season ticket holders who have been to over 10 away games, um, which is fantastic, actually. I know two of the people on that list, which is interesting. So I met them a few times this season. So I think, to me, I can't say anything other than that's actually the fairest way to do it, to be honest with you. And even if some season ticket holders have to miss out, it's a bit unfortunate. We've got more season ticket holders than we're going to get tickets, and, and that's the way it works, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. Um, the club have always been quite consistent, haven't they? About And it's one of the reasons, not the reason, but it's, it's just one of the lesser reasons why I have a season ticket. It's because I know yep. that if we're playing you know, Tottenham Hotspur or Man United or Liverpool away from home in the FA Cup or something, I know that I'm going to get a prioritised ticket. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, yep. the fact, I'm really lazy, so I don't mind missing a few games just to have my <laughs> ticket. But um, yeah, I, I, quite, some fans have been quite quick to criticise the club, but I think... Maybe that's pure. That's from frustration and sadness that they can't go. They won't be able to get a ticket. There's a bit of doubt they won't be able to get one. Um, and I don't yeah. think I can't. I can't see any other way the club could have done this any in any fairer. And doing that 26 thing is, shows that they spent quite a bit of time thinking about it. So that's good. Yeah, 
and they can communicate and they can communicate they uh, consulted with the sports department yeah, which, which is exactly the right thing to do, do in this situation yeah. and also with the OSC and I'm sure that the OSC guys will all get their tickets for the buses anyway so that covers off the, the regular array travels travellers on the buses and I should just also mention they're also paying for the bus to Bradford aren't yeah, they now they because are, yeah. it's a Thursday night game so they're doing some some good things actually at the moment in terms of um, in terms of tickets and yeah to me I think it, I think it's good I say hopefully I'll get my ticket because I've booked to a hotel room for two nights so it'd be a bit <laughs> annoying if I don't get one but um, yeah hopefully we'll all get what we want and um, I should imagine a few of those tickets will probably end up going on general sale anyway. Yeah, no, no. I think, yeah, they probably will. But, um, and I think, the, yeah, I, I don't think, um, if it, I don't think it's going to be a case where, you know, you're not going to get what I'd say, like you literally said, real fans, and that's not fair because a lot of people, no. you know, can't get to games and stuff. But yeah, the guys who are season tickets and stuff, and it's always been the deal, hasn't it? So, yeah. It's always been our thing. Yeah, yep. exactly. And if you're not on the system and you're not getting loyalty points when you go to away games, it's going to only end up biting you on the ass one day down the line. So, Funny you mentioned that. So, I always do try and get my tickets um, for away games even though I'm a season ticket holder just in case that some odd game happens where we only get a really small number I can always get yep. there um, but yeah I've tried to buy one for Rochdale but um, yeah this could only be a priority special delivery it was seven quid so yeah Rochdale I'm going to buy on the gate yeah you can also order your tickets and pick them up at football cl- at the football club though at Rochdale I don't know if that's something that they, uh, you can actually I don't buy tickets online because the system's a bloody oh, joke in it but I, find it's all I right, believe you can do that so you want to look into it maybe. Uh, it's just the same price so we're giving a bit of info here for the fans so yeah, apparently it's the same price on the day at Rochester actually yeah. when I oh okay it, there so. you go well, that, well you probably won't need any loyalty points anymore <laughs> that's no. fine no so um, yeah there was, there was one other question wasn't there from Mark Lynch about is Payne going to get um, back into the side after his early season form he's now got two in two um, and this goes back to your yeah I imagine you want us to play four four two again and just fill that hole well, I bloody hope he goes back to his early season form because we'd probably be nailed on to get promoted to be honest with you because he, he was pretty f- prolific wasn't yeah. he and, and, and efficient at the start of the season was probably the best thing about Payne um, he could have got more goals couldn't he he had that one that he should have got at um, Oxford as well yeah, I mean, he's come in and he's done us a job when we really needed a job to be done. And um, I suspect he's probably still going to play second fiddle to Carlton Morris. I don't know about you. I think that once we get all the players back, we'll go back to playing our usual tactics. So maybe he's going to have to come and do a job during this tricky period now with the go-go being out for four games and the injuries. Um, and if he can get us a few goals during that period, no one's going to complain no. about it. One of the stats I saw this week was every game he scored and we won. Yeah, it's so a great So there's start. a good record to keep going. I'll tell you what would be funny. Um, if um, like obviously we've seen everyone's seen the videos and seen that um, Junior Brown's on his way back, but wouldn't it yes. be um, wouldn't it be really special if like the last uh, last game of the season or Blackpool Blackpool away we had like the original the original eleven um, playing? Well, That'd be quite no, because Beckles would get dropped. Then, he so would be dropped, but Junior Brown's a hero, <laughs> so I don't know. It'd be nice to if, if he could play again, but they're not going to rush him, are they? I, it's, it's not really worth no. it. I, and the other thing we, we were going to talk about quickly is we've obviously offered uh, Junior Brown a new contract, yeah. which is fantastic, actually, and, and a real sign of this football club back in its players. Did the same thing with Weslowski and um, NKP, didn't we, after they got their bad knee injuries? And so we obviously trust our medical staff in the work they're doing to bring these players back through these terrible injuries. But also we're saying to these guys, look, we've, we've backed you now. Here's a contract on the table. You back up, back us now for a couple of seasons and stay here and help us. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's the right thing to do. I just wish they'd offer a go-go one. Yeah, they, I'm sure I'm they, sure have, they but have. Yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. Just get him to sign it for Christ's sake. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he'll <laughs> sign. But you can't blame him for waiting to see because yeah, if he got a, a big deal, you know, ten, fifteen grand a week, that would kind of set himself up. He's you know. But regardless of where we end up this season, go-go should go and play Championship football yeah. next season because it'll be the only chance he gets. Yeah, so exactly. we can't begrudge him that really. Exactly. So um, so yeah, so um, just just around the grounds really quickly so obviously we're top of the league and no harm repeating that again but there's a few odd results this week so um, so Southend beat um, Rotherham 2-0 so it was quite an odd yeah. result and Charlton who's, of, who Lee Bowyer was their manager this weekend beat Plymouth 2-1 2-0 sorry um, unfortunately my mates my Berry mates I did message them before the game saying can you do us a favour uh, they lost <laughs> no 2-0 good. to Wigan um, they, they replied back saying they only seem to have beaten Bradford and Shrewsbury this season which is quite frustrating yeah. uh, cheers lads exactly um, and obviously um, Blackburn didn't play did they because they got too many um, too many internationals so yeah so that was a little bit around the grounds and then and the most interesting Ollie was Scunthorpe sacked their manager yeah, today they have. and they're, they're fifth still they're fifth in the league they're way in the playoffs um, yeah. and obviously that's not good enough for them so um, yeah it's a bit of an crazy odd one. that isn't it Scunthorpe's size of Club the size of Scunthorpe to be doing that. Who the hell do they think they are? And we'll have the pleasure, obviously, of Wales and Carl Robinson back again because we've got um, Oxford to play again this season, haven't we? Yes, we have as well, haven't we? And they lost their first game 3 0 today, so he's not going to be best. Let's pleased. talk about that, actually. So it was quite interesting. So, um, 
Um, Portsmouth got an early goal from a set piece. That Clark, that central defender, they got that really highly rated. So yeah, they, he set up. He set up a, a goal. Um, he headed across, a and then they scored. And then, then Bristol. Um, sorry, Bristol. Oxford got a penalty. Um, the penalty taker took the penalty, hit the post, um, and then one of um, Plymouth and um, Portsmouth's players. Um, ran into his face and started screaming and then the penalty taker slapped him around the face really lightly <laughs> yeah really lightly and he went he, down like he'd been yeah, shot yeah he went down he got shot the guy, the guy who went down apparently got booked but never got sent off he'd been booked in the first half and then the other the lad got, <laughs> got red and then, um, then Brad Pittman does what he does you know, he's, he can't really run. He, he's kind of like hunchback, but he's usually kind of like your money ball kind of player, isn't he, Pittman? Because he just, he just mm. he scored 19 goals this season now. Um, That's pretty good. And they won 3-0. But um, yeah, Carl Robinson wasn't very happy in Oxford. Yeah, looked like a good side still. Yeah, I find, I find Oxford struggles this season weird because they were still one of the best teams well, Oxford, I've seen this season. So. Oxford and still Rochdale, you know, they 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 were a good team last year and they just yeah yeah. yeah. So I think that's going to be a tough game and obviously MK Dons are in the bottom four as well. So yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's it's been a it's been an interesting season, hasn't it? There ain't going to be any easy games for any of the top three left. No. Everyone's either it looks like most teams have still got you know down the bottom. They're still going to be scrapping for their lives. You want to play the teams now like a bit like AFC Wimbledon. They're probably not going to get into trouble. Or a bit like Walsall, you know. Yeah, I know. They're four points above relegation zone now, but they weren't when we played them. But um, teams that just can almost be on the beach, they're the ones you want to play now. You don't want anyone that's got anything to play for. So it might be worth us looking at that next week, Ollie, and having a look at what, what it looks like in terms of that. So Yeah. There we go. There we go. So, so yeah, so there's one topic to discuss left in Silent News. Yeah, left over from last week, wasn't it? So, check trade final. Um, yeah, a few things about that. Obviously, you want to talk to me about what I'm going to do. Um, but I think the first place to start, really, is ticket sales, isn't it? And... Um, the quite apparent disappointment the football club have had really about how it's gone so far. So uh, I think the last update was we still hadn't sold 10,000 tickets um, and Lincoln obviously had a few more weeks to sell tickets, but they're at 26,000 now, I think, something like that, which is bloody good going for Lincoln, isn't it? Yeah, that is a good, that is a very good number. Uh, it's, it's disappointing, um, our number, but yeah, we've got mm. a lot of, obviously, everyone's going, to, obviously we took over 600 to Northampton. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of people going to... Um, to away games it's quite expensive at the moment of all these different games is that what you're putting it down to the, co- the cost I think, I, think it's a, I think there's a number of things I think there's the cost I think people are, are not looking that far ahead yet like I've you know I haven't even thought about tickets yet um, I think there's a lot of people who are going to get by closer to the date I think there's the yeah. fact that there's a lot of games coming up probably maybe just about people who have just been recently paid um, yeah. so I think there's a lot of things yeah and I think obviously the league has obviously been a big focus as well and obviously the negative um, kind of connotations with the t- cup as well which is definitely have an impact and our record at Wembley have yeah. lost three times already yeah. and, and lot you know how many people from Shrewsbury have got good memories or experiences having had having been to Wembley before which is which is weird because potentially of all the four games we'll play at Wembley this is by far the best chance yeah. you'll have a win in there so it, it's a bit random isn't it you know we were probably underdogs in the two playoff games and, and we certainly weren't favourite to beat Rochdale back in '96, so it's it's a bit of a strange, Rotherham. isn't it? But um, yeah, Rod, what did I say? You Rochdale, said Rochdale, yeah, yeah. There we go. So Rochdale on the mind. So yeah, and, and and obviously, you know, I've had my view on this competition all season, and um, and been quite what's the word strident on boycotting all the the games so far, and you know, being very much on the FL's case. However. I'm going to go, Ollie, and uh, you know I, I've had to think long and deep and hard about it. Um, and I'm sure that there'll be people who'll be saying, "Well, you no know, principles. What the hell are you doing? What are you thinking?" And that's fine. But I think anyone that listens to this podcast will also understand how much I have enjoyed this season as part of a family experience. And it's very difficult for me to square away in my mind how passionate I am about how this competition is, and I'll beat that out later. Um, but also how much. And a first trip to Wembley, which is what I had in in 96 with my dad, meant to me as a football fan supporting this football club. And it it, it meant everything. It was the crystallising, one of the crystallising factors as a 16 year old as to why I'm as passionate enough to do this podcast every week, to go to every game every week and to feel as strongly about the EFL trophy ruining lower league football because I feel so strongly about it. And and I find it, I found it really difficult to justify my thoughts as to why I wouldn't go and give my son particularly, and also my daughter who comes a lot, that same experience. And, And I found it really, really hard to justify going back on what I said all the time. But, Deep down, I, I, I've gone back on it due to my kids more than anything and maybe other reasons as well. I've, I've been speaking to Lincoln fans about potentially getting some sort of pro- protest going before Wembley and getting some press coverage and, and taking a banner or something. And that's just sort of a sticky tape on how I feel about going back on what I've said. But there you go, Ollie. That, that's how I feel about it and, and people can take their shots. But it, it, it's, it's been very, very difficult to, to square it all away in my mind. Yeah, I've been um, winding you up, haven't I? <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I I, I I was gobsmacked that you changed your decision <laughs> because you were so firmly um, opposed to the competition. Um, and I think probably some people probably did boycott the game because of your stance on the blue and amber fanzine. But yeah, but, but I wasn't the only one saying no, it. You weren't the only one saying it, but I think some people have. Um, but then, in in credit to yourself, when you were chatting to me, and obviously we chat a lot, don't we, during the week, that yep. has weighed yep. on your mind. So I will, I will. Big time. Um, kind of defend you that you haven't taken a decision lightly. <laughs> you were you were talking about it for quite a while, but um, yeah, yeah. But I guess what? Well, I guess one um, one question is: I guess then surely this ends your boycotting of the tournament. Then, well, see, that's the interesting thing about it is that the, the other thing that I, I've had to think long and hard about is what what really is the benefit of, of a boycott at Wembley of all, of all the places because. You know, and, and lots of people saying this to me all the way through it is surely if you got to the final, that's your position and that's your place where you can actually make a statement as fans. You know, people have been saying your boycott's pointless. You know, it's not really noticed. We'll get a low attendance. We'll get a low attendance. And I think that the boycott has played a part in where we are with the, the poor attendances. And we didn't talk about it during the Oval game, but there wasn't even very many people there for the semi-final. No, you know, much no less than the two semi-finals we had before. So I do feel like the boycott plays a very small part of that. But also, there's a much wider apathy and a much wider um, disinterest in that competition in general. Because of how much it's been ruined, regardless of whether you feel strong enough to boycott, people have just been put off by what it is now. However, yeah, I kind of can see why if you could get some press coverage that's you know puts the FL in a bad light, and uh, I know there's a bunch of Lincoln fans. Um, that they, I think they're their ultras. I can't remember. Yeah, the now. bombers or fifty um, twos or something like that. Yeah, something to do with the army. Yeah, and and so we've been in some initial contact with them to try and talk about because there's a load of their fans going down, over a hundred of them who are going to go and boycott outside the stadium and not watch the match, which is a whole other ball game in it do you know what I mean yeah. and so there are vast differing opinions on this and who, who am I to say anything but what I've just said there and people can take what I've said on, on face value I think I'm a fairly honest bloke and I've given my reasons and if people don't like that I, I guess I'll have to just take the nonsense but there are people who are stringently still going to boycott this competition and fair play to them and there are people all along who have gone to every game and one thing I've been very clear about on all of this is I've said if you want to go you go if you don't want to go and you feel strongly about it you boycott I've never told people what to do or been very I've just said this is it's all just been my personal opinion and personal opinions can change I suppose and and I guess you're right you, people might have stopped started boycotting because of how I've been saying things but it's a personal choice for everybody, yeah. and, and I, I would never say to anyone they should do this or should do that. That's yeah, fine, but you know I will bring this up um, if you boycott again. <laughs> Every single episode yeah, for the next ten exactly. years. Yeah, cheers, mate. But, um, but no, but yeah, in, in all seriousness, better not bloody lose. Yeah, mate. in all seriousness, it's a fantastic opportunity, isn't it, for us to have a day out? Um, and everyone's getting quite excited about it. Everyone keeps posting on Facebook every time they buy a ticket. Um, so yeah, so fingers fingers crossed. We've got to get. I hope I'll be disappointed if we don't get over fifteen thousand. I think that's still achievable. I think there might be a big. I think it'd be spike. touch and go. That I'll yeah. I really do the way it's gone. I, th- I think there'll be a big spike as people get nice close to it. I think people have been a bit put off by the. We haven't mentioned the fees. No, um, I totally agree with um, Brian's decision to go with Ticketmaster because the club yeah. got absolutely savaged during the West Ham games and every 10 minutes it felt like someone was whinging about the ticket office um, so then the club took that on board and then tried to find a solution to it yes a solution that has cost the fans money but um, yeah exactly I th- so I think that's that's bit, I think the club is sometimes in a, a very dif- difficult position and you know um, they can't peak everyone everyone happy but fingers crossed we can yet get to 15,000 and fingers crossed um, it can be an enjoyable day hopefully the sun will shine and Salah will win it would be good and another one of the reasons that you know it, it, is that we might potentially be going back there for the playoff final which you know you know might be a, a sort of a sort of secondary bonus for this season if we don't actually get automatic promotion and that was that's another one of the reasons why I've had to consider it so much is because you've now gone and invited me to your bloody wedding and yeah. which is on the day of the playoff exactly. final and I've accepted your invitation so if we do get to the playoff final my children would have missed out we'll on two to trips to Wembley this season which is almost unthinkable to, to be honest with you so fans of a big screen or something uh, uh, but yeah, um, I don't but, yeah but I can I just go back I'm definitely going to be listening to the match during your best man speech <laughs> mate I can tell you that uh, well the best in the <laughs> the game but um, yeah we'll have to do something get a big screen or something but um, in terms I can see why you you know it'd be very hard for you to say to your son you're not going son because I've um, I've got a stance so I can understand that's pretty hard. It it wouldn't be so hard if you hadn't completely and utterly fallen in love with going to see Shrewsbury and football in general in the last six to seven months just as we've started and we've been going for two years really to lots of away games but this season we've been to loads haven't we you know yeah. I took the kids to Scunthorpe and did the whole podcast last week about that whole experience and it's just 
not a great experience for them, but you know he has fallen in love with it, and they do chant Ben Godfrey's Barmy Army on a, on a regular occasion around the house, and they are talking about Wembley, and and a lot of their younger friends are going, and my kids are only six and eight, and it is quite a, an interesting time, you know, to bring them through and be football fans, and so yeah, I don't know, I, I'm quite a soft dad, and it has played on my heartstrings, so. Yeah, we go. Well, all, everyone that's been boycotting will, will either boycott or, or might even stop going, and everyone will make their own choice for different reasons. And, and I think, yeah, let's leave it at yeah, that, Ollie. Exactly. So let's um, let's, <laughs> let's go into predictions quickly. So um, we both went for two nil. Um, both confident. So we both got a point each. Um, so I'm yep. ahead still, aren't I? You are still ahead by three points, yep. Ollie, and I, I can't seem to catch up at the moment. So um, yeah, it was good for us to be predicting wins, and that's what we got. So yeah, are you going to predict a win for Rochdale away on Friday? Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, last, I remember um, I've got memories of. Um, going to Rochdale last year chatting to um, Aid Plymouth during the game and it was a very very frustrating game um, the end of last season uh, Yeah. and another time we went there was when we had Paul Simpson and we were doing long ball football to Omar Ritsa up front who was about 4 foot 5 <laughs> um, so I'm really hoping like we've beaten Warsaw this year which always seemed to be a bit of a hoodoo I'm really hoping that um, yeah, we can um, yeah, break break another kind of you know place where we struggle. They're not doing very well. Obviously, they had their kind of you know their highlight and kind of and time in the sun um, when they played um, Spurs, um, but they're not doing that well at the moment, are they? So the drew on the weekend no. was Scunny, and they, they'd lost to Fleetwood two 0 They drew Wimbledon. They drew with Southend. So they're drawing a lot. I don't know. My my kind of like my head says a draw. My heart says a win. Um, I'm going to go for a win at two one. I, I I feel very similar to exactly what you just said there about my, my heart says a draw, and I think. That I, I actually don't think a draw would be a disaster for our season. I think a lot of people would go off the bloody dark, dark deep end if we got a draw and, you know, Wigan and Blackburn happen to win. Oh, yeah. that's it, we're out of it. But there'd still be a lot of points a lot to play of for. We'd, only have, we'd have two away games left after yeah. that, wouldn't we? So I think that, you know, if we got up there and we ended up getting a point out of it with a very, you know, depleted midfield and probably some tactical problems we're going to have that we wouldn't have to deal with normally, plus missing our usual um, goalkeeper as well. I think that would probably be acceptable. So I, I'd like to go for a, you know, what shoes we like. We don't score many, so let's go for a one-one draw. Yeah, I think I think you might win this one. I'm starting to think <laughs> yeah, that we're going to. We obviously, we're gonna, I've just forgot about. We've only got one central midfielder, but yeah. then uh, down there, you just spent 25 minutes talking about Ollie and then forgot about it five minutes later. <laughs> I'm going so to stick with weird. my guns. I'm going to go for two-one win. There you go, super stuff. And you're going to be there, yeah, aren't I'm you? I'm going. So I'm going Friday and Saturday. And then we were, so before the pod started, um, we were talking that only leaves six games, in, not including the Czech Crazy. Yeah. And like, yeah, the, obviously we've had um, British summertime now, and yeah, the um, the season is coming to an end. And man, it's been mad. Is it? Is it going to be six games or is it going to be eight or nine? Uh, no, I'd, I'd hope I'd hope we go up automatically and then I can win my bet. Yeah, well, that would be good, wouldn't yeah. it? There you go. Um, so there we go. Yes, I'm going to be going up on the train with a, with a bunch of my uh, older waste supporters. Oh, apparently there's some issues with Mates. the trains. What? Yeah, apparently there's some issues with the trains. There is... Um, Better check that out there. Yeah, apparently there's something about you'll have to get a bus at the end. Oh crap! Yeah, I oh, know. I think you, oh, so the metro's not working up. To I don't know. Down. You have to double. I just saw someone put something on Facebook. Yeah. I think I'm going to drive. I'll have a look so. at that. I don't think anyone else needs to hear about my uh, travel arrangements. No. So yeah, I'm either going on the but train or worth, I'm driving, it's but worth I should be there. To people though, because sometimes people don't know. But yeah, worth checking the train. Worth checking out. Okay. Well, yeah. After the so yeah, we've given some advice on all sorts of things today. We've ended on trains, um. <laughs> trains, planes, and automobiles. There we go. So um, yeah, there we go. Another good week. Four points in the bag. We march on. Uh, I'm still confident. You're still confident. Got to believe, lads. We we could get there, and it's 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 going to be fantastic. Whatever happens this season. So um, yeah, we shall catch you at Rochdale, and we shall catch you next next Sunday. Cheers, guys.